Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use the tools to make themselves and their businesses the most successful that they can be. And we're going to have so much fun, especially here at the start of the year, because you know, you do things at the start of the year where you're thinking about making changes and you know, reevaluating your life. And, you know, we all laugh about the, the fact that people make New Year's resolutions and they don't keep them. But this is a big time when people really do start thinking about what's going to happen with the, with their life and, and especially with their career. Because you do, you know, in, in many cases tend to go through some of these transitions at your job where, you know, start of a, a, a new year, they're making changes to departments, they're changing budgets, they're changing your job description, all those various things. And so you might actually be thinking, hmm, do I really want to be here? So we have such a cool guest today because she is an expert in this subject. She helps people do this all the time. So please join me in welcoming Kathy Bruner to the program. Hi, Deb. How are you? Oh, just, you know, couldn't be better, could not be better. And, you know, living the dream, all that good stuff. Good, good, good. And part of that is the dream. You know, there's, there's that key because that's what you help people do. So before I, you know, we jump into things, let me pe uh, tell people just a little bit about your bio. Okay. So Kathy Bruner is a certified career coach and Encorepreneur specialist. Kathy's business, Last Brand Standing, is dedicated to assisting those looking to make their jump from day job to dream job a complete success. She is author of the book, Finding Your Fire, a guide to help people discover how to take a passion and create a business around it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kathy has several coaching programs, including the BYOB, which is Be Your Own Boss, with the S's in boss are dollar signs program and the Encorepreneur business startup program. She works with many people who have been in successful careers, but are looking for an Encore career, career doing what they truly love. After growing not one, but two successful businesses to above the six figure mark, she often works with people who own a stagnant business to help them grow their revenue stream. Kathy frequently speaks to groups about developing a plan B for their life because she truly believes that everyone has a little bit of the entrepreneur bug in them. So again, Kathy, welcome. Oh, it's great to be here. It's wonderful to be here in the new year because this is a great, great time for people to just kind of jumpstart uh, all kinds of things, whether it's on their bucket list or on their goals just for the year. This is a great time to get started doing what you love. Right. So you really work with people who, you know, and, and we talk about plan B, changing jobs, things like that. Sometimes you have no choice. You know, you, you, you have that little meeting with your boss, um, you know, for, for whatever reason. Or maybe, maybe it's time that you're thinking you could retire. Or maybe you're just tired of corporate America and you want to do something new. So how do you, well, first of all, how did you get into doing what you do? Because it's a little bit different than just a, a standard career coach or business coach. It is. Uh, and part of what I do is based on my own story. Um, I did have a successful business that I absolutely loved doing for about mm -hmm. a little over two decades. 
Uh, but as I was, you know, every year I would find maybe after about the 16th, 17th year, wow, I'm not really sure this is what I want to do forever. And uh-huh. I truly believe that when you find something you love to do, it, you know, really age doesn't matter. Your income doesn't even matter sometimes. It's just the thought of enjoying going to work, right. uh, feeling blessed that you're earning an income doing what you're doing. But I started to see that uh, joy kind of diminished, and I realized it was time for a change. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was looking to, you know, what other areas do I feel that I would enjoy doing? And one of my friends said, well, you're always helping someone start businesses, so why don't you just coach people on doing that? Yeah, really do that. Absolutely. And uh, I started to think about that. And I thought about, yeah, I really do have a lot of experience in knowing what those signs are like when you start to get to the point where you realize I need to do something different than I'm doing right now. Uh And as I put the pieces together for me, uh, I started to think, wow, there are quite a few people who feel this way. And what I realized after the fact is, you know, it's sort of like when you are looking to buy a car and all of a sudden everyone on the road seems to be driving the brand of car you want. Right. Because you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. When I really started to pay attention, one of the things that I saw was that there were quite a few people who were disenchanted with their jobs. Mm-hmm. And for various reasons. And, you know, you had mentioned, well, it may be something you have to do because, you know, either you've been downsized or you're going to be unemployed or whatever. That is true. There are some people that, you know, definitely are in that boat that are trying to look for something because they really don't have any other opportunities. But what I really discovered was that so many people talk about doing something they love, but never put the wheels in motion to do something they love. Mm-hmm. So one, one thing, you know, it kind of got started because I re- recognized there are things you need to have in place so you can move into your dream job. And once you recognize what that plan is, you certainly, if you choose to do, can earn a good income doing that if you put all those pieces in place. So that's sort of how I got started. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump in here real quick. Your sound quality is going just a little bit in and out. Um, so I want to make sure that, that you're just staying perfectly still in front of your mic. Okay. Is that better? There we go. Okay. That's much better. Yes. Yeah, we, we lost you there for a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. So you, you want to help people really make those transitions to being in that corporate America. And again, it may have been a job that they just absolutely loved and then things changed. Or, you know, maybe not so much. They're just ready for a change, whether it was their choice or the choice was made for them. Right. Perfect. So walk us through, because, you know, we we all think, oh, I could do that. I can, you know, I want to be a landscaper. I want to open a coffee shop. I want to become a consultant. And it's got to be easy, right? Because everybody does it. Walk us through the steps to really make this a great transition that is something that is successful because I think the problem is we see so many people, you know, what, what does the statistics say? You know, business, over half of, you know, businesses fail within the first year and, you know, because, and I think that a lot of that is people, they, they don't understand what goes into it. You know, they've always been the, the sales guy, but they don't understand overhead or, you know, all those various things. So how does one go about actually going from their day job to a dream job. Well, I think, first of all, Deb, you have to identify 
what kinds of things you enjoy doing. You're, you're okay. certainly not going to be a dream job if you're imagining, yeah, you know, I wanted to be a rockette, but, you know, uh -huh. I'm in my 40s or 50s and mm, that sounds like a dream job, but that might not be a practical job. For right, me right, right. So what I'm, what I'm telling people a lot is to, you know, we do surveys, I do intake information, but one of the things I want to find out is what kind of things are they really passionate about? What kind of hobbies are they passionate about? Okay. What kind of causes are they passionate about? And what would make them get up in the morning and be excited about going to work? Mm -hmm. And often, you know, you've heard this before, but I tell people, what would you do if you didn't get paid for doing it? And, uh -huh. um, you know, when people really look at all those aspects, they can come up with various things they enjoy doing. And mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. I had... Um, a client who was an administrator of a large hospital system and she made a great income but the stress was pretty significant right, right. and she had talked for a long time to herself every day about how someday she was going to do something different mm -hmm. when she first started talking to me though she really didn't have any idea in mind she just kept telling me that she would come home and be so exhausted she couldn't even enjoy watching a TV program, that she had kind of lost social contact with her friends. It was very difficult to get up in the morning and go back to work. So she was getting depressed. Very much so. And whether she thought that was exactly what was happening or not, that was obviously what was happening. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that she had told me, I said, what do you do for fun? And she said, oh, I don't even do anything for fun anymore. She said, you know, the other day I was cleaning up my basement and I realized I still had so many of my jewels down there. And she said, I used to make jewelry. We got to talking about why she made jewelry. And she basically mm -hmm. said that uh, when she first got married, she made jewelry because she gave them as gifts to family members. Okay. And she said, oh, yeah, I used to go down and to my basement and, you know, I'd make jewelry. And it was really not a very stressful situation. In fact, I'd be down there till." The middle of the night sometime and not even realize the time right so we, because she enjoyed it exactly and so we started to think about you know is that something she could turn into a business lo and behold two years later she actually has a very lucrative custom jewelry business she nice. has gone from part-time i believe she's ready or has already given her notice that she will be resigning at the end of march this year Mm -hmm. Um, but she said to me, you know, I never really thought about looking at something that I just did for fun or that was a hobby. Right. She kept thinking, well, you know, what can I do with my degree? Mm -hmm. um, and that I think is sometimes a problem with people who, when we see such a large portion of people graduating with degrees, mm -hmm. the degree t sometimes causes you to feel like you're in a niche that you can't move out of. Right. And so it becomes. Well, you spent all that yes. time and all that money getting degree X. You darn well better use absolutely. it. Absolutely, absolutely. And people think, you know, well, I've I've been a teacher, so I got to think of something in the teaching field, or I've been a salesman, so I have to think of something with sales. So when you're asking what kinds of things would they do, the first thing is to look at all the areas of interest you have. Mm -hmm. Things you're really passionate about, including causes. I've had people that have started nonprofits for a variety of reasons because they were so passionate about the cause. Okay. So one of the things that I'm hoping um, people recognize is that you don't necessarily have to stay in a field that you have your training in. 
Obviously, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to become a neurosurgeon if you have a business degree and you've worked in sales, unless right. you feel you have a lot of time left to go back and get that degree. There are just some things that are prohibited. Mm-hmm. But I would say for the most part, many people can find a dream job in what they already enjoy or what they're already passionate about, what already moves mm-hmm. them, what speaks to them. So we just look at taking you know, that interest and then developing a plan as to how can you create a business around it. Right. Yeah, it's it's funny. When you were saying that, you know, many, many hmm, years ago, I was working for a company and, you know, it was it was a great company. I loved the people. I loved, you know, the actually what I did. I was an office manager. It was very challenging, um, you know, and, and all those various things. But then I, I started realizing I was not going to be able to move up in the company mm-hmm. because the company was, they designed computer software and that was just not what I did. I mean, sure. you know, I didn't have that skill set. So I started, you know, I, I read the parachute books. We all love sure. those parachute <laughs> books. You know, the, our, our generation is the parachute book group. And, you know, and then I talked with business coaches and things. And, and the one person I talked to, they said, now tell us what you like to do for fun. And, you know, so I went through my list and, and one of the things that came out was I did a lot of newsletters and press releases and marketing, basically, for several nonprofits. I, was, I volunteered doing it. And this person, wise soul that they were, looked at me and said, you really enjoy doing that. Is there a reason you don't want to get paid to do it? There you go. And that little light bulb slowly went on, but it finally lit up. And and that really was the key. It was something that I enjoyed to do. So why not get paid for it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we we tend to believe that after a while we have a job and the sole purpose we go to our job is just so we can afford to have things. You know, mm-hmm. we don't we see it as a cycle. Right. I go to my job because it allows me to eat, it allows me to vacation or whatever. But we don't ever see a job as, I go to my job because I love what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to my job because I'm having such a great time at what I'm doing. Um, right, right. Simply, uh, I'm blessed to be able to earn an earn a income from something that doesn't feel like a job for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you sometimes have to change that mindset. And as you mentioned, most people in their job, even if they love their job, often don't realize what kinds of skills they've developed on the job that can turn into another business. Um, You know, they're very close-minded in terms of looking at the product of what they do rather than the whole persona of what they do in their Mm -hmm. job. You know, and, and there's that saying that, that, you know, we've now started seeing in multiple places. It's not a job if you love doing what you do. Sure. And and it's funny because I was talking with, with another guest on my program about that one time. And he said, that's poppycock. Because there are still times where you have to do things that you're not going to love. You know, so it, you, you know... It, you can't expect that you're going to think every day, oh, this is wonderful. Right. This is fabulous, especially as you launch your own business because, you know, you still have to do invoicing. You still have to – there are things – now, you know, that, that said, somebody might enjoy invoicing. But, you know, there are so many things that people have to do when they start their own business that may not be the most fun thing in the world, but it is still allowing you to do that fun thing. That's very true. And I think what happens is a lot of people look at new businesses 
and they they may look and say, well, I'm not I'm not a marketer, so I won't be able to market this business. Right, right. Or you know, I don't know anything about accounting, so I'm not going to be able to take care of the financial aspects of this business. Mm-hmm. So for many people, the reason they never really start their business is because they're so fearful about what they can't do in it, rather right, right. than recognizing there will be aspects they may have to delegate to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, they may have to farm out some aspects. That doesn't necessarily mean that's not a business they're cut out to run. Right. You know, and, and it is one of those things where, you know, when people ask me, I tell them, that's why there's other people. You know, if you are not good at marketing, <clears throat> then you connect with somebody who is. Um, sure. You know, and, and yes, you might have to pay them. But, you know, and, and there's, you know, nobody can do everything that, that pertains to a business. You know, the, you, you, you might need to incorporate. Uh, so you're going to have to talk to an attorney. Right. You know, you might need insurance depending on what you do. You might not know accounting, you know, all those various things. And so I think the key is to to realize fairly early on, this is not a single project. You do still have to have a team around you. I think that's really important. I think the other thing that's important is to recognize that sometimes you don't really have to quit the job you have right. to start the job you'll love. Mm-hmm. Um, and many people don't, you know, it's a transition right. for many people. So mm-hmm. I think that's important for people to remember. Right. You know, and, and, you know, we talked about the fact that for some people they are forced into it and they, you know, it's like, okay, I'm working here Monday and not there on Friday, but you know, that, that is, that is more uncommon than, than is typical is, is maybe, and that's a, my assumption that I'm making, but you do, in many cases, have the chance to plan this out. So you can do it like your your uh, friend, the, the jeweler maker. She had time to get you know everything the way she wanted it going before she gave notice at her current job. And, and I think, you know, do you find that that is something that many people really should plan for as opposed to just, I'm quitting and starting something on my own tomorrow? Well, I would definitely recommend that to anyone because I think what you have to do is find out if, that job that you think is going to be your dream job really is your dream job once you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And just to up and quit a job you have, and unless you're financially solvent and you feel like, you know, it's just time for me to leave and I certainly oh, right. have the resources, I recommend to my people that, you know, they actually work on establishing their dream job while they're working for a couple of reasons. One reason being it helps with time management. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to have a lot of excellent time management. Um, right. Whenever you're, you know, working at your own business. So mm-hmm. if you have to juggle two businesses, trying to run a job you have and a business you're developing at the same time, and raise gonna, a family, right. and yada yada yada, mm-hmm. you're going to learn some excellent time management skills. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things that you do need to to be alert to is, you know, the. If your current employer has policies or things like that, you know, especially if you're going in the same field, you know, you, if you're seen as being competition and possibly stealing clients, oh, you know, bad, bad, don't do that. But, you know, it's also tricky because you might be having to make phone calls during the day. And, you know, so it is something to really think about before just leaping off that, that bridge. Absolutely. And I think people have to decide there has to be a plan in place. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get very excited about starting something and then uh, in their mind, they're so they're overwhelmed by everything that they may have to put in place in order to get it really launched. And it's Mm -hmm. overwhelming fear of what do I do first? 
that prevents them from establishing some type of a comprehensive plan in moving from just a job to that dream job. Um, right, right. And that's really where I come in. You know, that's one of the things I try to do with my uh, clients is to show them how that transition is going to occur. You know, what are mm-hmm. we going to start to put in place so that you're able to hold on your job and do what you need to do, but you can also sleep and develop your right. business. Because for many people, mm-hmm. just the thought of doing that becomes a situation where one thing I hear all the time is, you know, I'll do it someday. Mm-hmm. But I just, I can't imagine having the time. I can't imagine being able to do this. And even the woman that, you know, I had talked with it was the nursing administrator that went into the jewelry making business. One of her big concerns was, I mean, she said, I'm so exhausted when I come home. I don't know how I will have the time to do that. We actually had to develop a time where she went and just spent a little time, you know, picking through her beads and seeing what she had. Again. Okay. Because she had to get used to making that a priority time as well. You know, you can't mm-hmm. you can't grow a business in your mind and have it be lucrative. There, right, right. there has to be some things that go into place so you can work into that direction. And part of it is a time management thing. And part of it is actually recognizing that uh, when you have those, when you delegate the time that you need to delegate for what you need to do, and that becomes a commitment. When you mm-hmm. put some skin in the game and do that, you're a lot um, more apt to be able to see success quicker and then make your choices for when you're going to be exiting your job quicker than when you just kind of toy around with it in your mind. Right. You know, I, that's actually <coughs> what you know very, happened uh, to me when I decided to start my business, Wise Women Communications. I did it part time, you know, and, and had an employer that that was OK. You know, I had cleared it with him. He, you know, they knew what I was doing. And but it, it truly was my passion. I wanted to be doing that. But, you know, it was evenings, it was weekends, it was all of those things. And and I had a plan, I had all this stuff going. But actually making that leap became the hard part. And I, I had someone who told me, you know, when I was talking to a mentor, she told me, you will never make it happen until it has to happen. Right. And, you yes. know, and, and that was the tricky part, was actually <clears throat> figuring out where I could make that transition and it was one of the scariest things that I've ever done because, you know, I really liked where I was, but I wanted to pursue, pursue this passion and, you know, and, and it, but it was very, very scary. It is scary. I mean, I think that fear is one of the biggest reasons people don't go ahead and just put some plans in place. They're mm-hmm. even too afraid to plan. Uh, many of my people that I work with, m- many of my clients have thought in the back of their minds for years. Mm-hmm. what they might be doing if they weren't, you know, right, right. employed in what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So it is, it's one of those things where I, I feel that people get uh, in a comfort, comfort zone, even if it's a zone they don't like, mm-hmm. it's comfortable. You know, they right. may not like going. We don't like change. Right, right. You know, they may look at Sunday night and think, oh, I dread going to my job on Monday morning. But that's still a comfort zone between doing that and saying, well, you know, what am I going to do to put some pieces in place so that three or four months from now, I'm not maybe necessarily doing this. One thing Mm -hmm. that I tell everyone, I mean, every single person, whether it's someone who just wants to do a side business and isn't planning to leave their job or someone who actually wants to move into a, a business that they own and they're going to eventually be doing that full time, I tell them. Pick a date and tell me when you think you'll be ready to do this. Pick a date when you want to see, you know, your shingle out. And when you say, I'm going to earn income doing this, whether it's part-time or full-time, 
What's what date you have in mind? And when people commit to a date, I think it becomes something where they can more realistically understand. Okay, if right, I right. said this is what I want to do six months from now, I really can't start putting the pieces together five and a half months from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it also allows people to recognize their depth of commitment. I think. Um, because, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, someday, someday when the kids leave home, someday when I retire, you know, someday when uh, we sell the house and I move to this area. But someday, you know, as, as people have said, it's not a day of the week. So someday is very ambiguous. Right. And making a plan around someday is dangerous mm-hmm. because for most people, someday just turns into another someday. Right. Someday never comes. Right. Right. Well, is there a good time in people's lives to actually decide I'm going to leave my day job and and do my dream job? I think if you want to be a business owner, there is no time like the present to do that. I think that, you know, the Internet has allowed us to open up uh, our ability to have products and services extend far beyond our little neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think that it gives it affords people the luxury of having clients that can, you know, need their products or need their services from all over the world. You're really not looking at just your own backyard as a place to earn your income. So I think there's no time like the present, and it's obviously just going to, you know, get better from that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's, let's say that I'm in corporate America, and I'm deciding I'm going to make that leap. What are some of the essential steps that I really have to do before I actually make that leap? You know, we talked about you find your passion, all those things. Right. But but then what are the, the true steps that I have to take? Um, I usually look around three major areas. And one of them is obviously finances. You know, do you have resources in place that if you were going to be slowly weaning out of your day job, uh, you know, are you going to be able to, for a few months or so, not have to change your lifestyle drastically to move into your dream job? And if not, what are you willing to do to get to that point? Um, mm-hmm. Because for some people, it might involve, you know, leaving a job sooner than they want to, but they might not see a dream job actually take off and, and really become as lucrative for months or maybe even a year or so down the road. Right. So they have to make some plans for that. So we talk a little bit about financially. What looks realistic in terms of getting to that that dream job? Mm -hmm. The other thing is looking at all the resources they have. People so often forget that, you know, they only think of it in terms of money, but resources in terms of who's going to be there to support you, you know, who, and if you're not going to get support, where are you going to turn to to continue to get some mentoring and some encouragement if your family maybe isn't behind what you're doing and you're going to have to kind of convince them to allow you to put this plan into place. Um, I've helped many women (laughs) convince husbands that they can earn a living without working for someone else. But Mm -hmm. part of it is just the anxiety of, you know, getting comfortable again with a two income family and then thinking, wow, if that's not there, how will we do this? And, and, you know, often it's just, you know, you need to look at some resources. You need to look at resources like how are you going to manage your time? You know, what what are you going to have to maybe have a trade off of? What are you willing to not be as much of a perfectionist about so you can get a business started? Um, I mean, I had I had one client where we literally had to practically lay out his whole week 
and look at free time that he didn't even realize he had because he was such a perfectionist about what he did in terms of going to the health club and keeping up with a golf team and a variety of other things. He wanted to start his business and he did have that time, but in his mind, his schedule was so loaded. He really didn't know that, you know, what, Mm -hmm. if he needed to give up anything, what he was able to continue, what he wasn't. So we kind of mapped that out. And I think the third resource that you, or the third area that you have to look at is obviously your own personal ability to um, accept and to internalize suggestions and advice that you get from people. You know, if you have in your mind a certain, that you're going to do things a certain way, and things are not turning out the way you want them, are you willing to accept advice for someone? Are you willing to try a new technique that might be a little bit out of the box for you, but could help you possibly grow your business? And I see this a lot with people who may have started a business, and it really was more of a glorified hobby than a business. So Uh they aren't necessarily uh, comfortable thinking that they already have a business in their mind they wanted to start a business it wasn't very successful they can't get clients they're not able to you know sell a lot of product and what happens is they maybe invested a lot of time and money and and basically their business is just stagnant Mm -hmm. and for some people it's been very difficult to you know when we look at their business model sometimes we have to sit and say okay This is where it is. Here's what it's going to take to get you to where you want it to be. Can you make those changes? Are you comfortable making those changes? Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I'll give you an example of this. In one case, I had um, three members of a family um, owning a business. One of the members that came to me wanted to do something else with the business. Uh, She couldn't show the success that that her idea had to the other owners, so they weren't behind her. However, uh, you know, when we sat and talked and I talked about how she might approach him, but also how she could take her idea and move into a different arena and then determine whether or not she wanted to continue to be part of that growing business. Um, She was really hesitant at first because her thought was, I've always been in business with these other two family members. So, you know, what will I do? And, you know, she had to think about long term. How will this affect our our family dynamics, how will how will it affect our relationship? Um, mm-hmm. As we worked together, we finally brought the other two members in and we talked about what her idea could do to help them take their business, you know, from kind of a, a, a model that was growing, but really wasn't thriving, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she said it's going to be hard, but she had to finally say to them, if we can't move in this direction, I feel like I want to leave and go off in this other direction because I sense there's a need and I, I think I can meet the need. Mm-hmm. And that's where I want to go. Uh, there was a lot of discussion between them. Uh, the other two family members decided that's not what they wanted to do. Uh, but she you know, continued to, to persevere and basically said, I'm not going to be any more happy staying and not growing. Right. Then breaking away and trying something. And so, again, I think you have to have a really good look at yourself and say, how well can I handle the advice I'm going to get or suggestions mm-hmm. I'm going to get and internalize them? Or, you know, am I the kind of person that says, no, it's, you know, it's this way or the highway. So, right. Well, <laughs> you know, kind of kind of speaking along those lines, 
have you worked with somebody or, you know, and obviously no names or anything like that, where you have basically told them, no, <laughs> you, you need to rethink what you're, what you're about to do. Yes. Oh, yes, I have. Um, I've talked to a couple of people who have had ideas that I feel um, when we really map things out might not have the practicality to be a, a good income earning you know, idea okay. um, mm -hmm. or else they need to develop the idea more because their cost is prohibitive and they're not going to make enough money, especially people who have a product they're thinking about. They're just right. really not going to be able to make enough money to survive, you know, based on their overhead. Um, and I've had some people where you usually can tell this early on in the coaching, you know, when when they have an idea and um, but they don't have really any idea what how to grow that idea. And when you start okay. giving them some suggestions, uh, you know, they're not able to branch out into the other arenas. They're kind of set with I just want to do this. Um and so sometimes I, I sort of say to them, OK, you know, you can take your idea and if you want to just keep it in a capsule, then what you have to remember is your ability to earn income is based on that capsule. Right. You want to expand it into a web, then you're going to grow your ability to, you know, earn income exponentially because now it's mm -hmm. it's going out into different aspects. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, sometimes I have to tell people, you know, I, I'm not quite sure where you're going Let's think about this. Let's think, it, is this really? And, you know, we've investigated, we've done some research and determined whether or not they can actually earn the income they want to earn from mm -hmm. the idea they want to do. And, and I guess on the other hand, I should also tell you, I've had clients where after doing a complimentary consult with them, <coughs> excuse me, I had to say I didn't think I was the right person they should work with. Okay. Um, you know, I want committed people. I want to see people that say, I really do want to move into a, a dream job. I want people mm -hmm. that will um, work with me and, and you know, not cancel appointments and, uh, you know, do what I ask them to do to get from point A to point B. And mm -hmm. so I can usually tell very quickly if sometimes even in that first, you know, free consultation, I can tell that maybe the person that thinks we would be great working together isn't going to find I'm going to be a person that, you know, can do what they want me to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that happens all the time. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, it, that they don't have a good idea. Right. Or it's just not a good fit and they need to, to talk with somebody else. Very true. Right. Right. Well, you know, what happens when they've got this, this great idea, they've got this great foundation, but it still fizzles out? I mean, I think you have to look at why ideas fizzle out. There, you know, some ideas fizzle out before they ever get started again because people are too afraid to make the contacts they need or to, mm -hmm. you know, maybe uh, try some prototypes they need to try in order to get some ideas going. So it, it really maybe is an idea you talk about a lot, mm -hmm. but you're not really doing anything about. Some ideas you, you can get them started in. Um, with a lot of enthusiasm too, but you know, people will take an idea. They'll be very enthusiastic. They'll start some things, but then they really don't have a plan. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, you need to have a direction so that you figure out how am I going to deliver my product or service? You know, mm -hmm. what is my strategy for marketing it? How are people going to find out about me? How am mm -hmm. I going to be sure that, you know, when uh, something happens and I'm not there, 
the, the business can kind of evolve and take care of itself or who am I going to put in place that's going to do this if I'm not around? So for, I think a lot of times an idea fizzles because people really don't think about the steps they need to take in order to actually deliver the product. There's not a, they, you know, they don't really have kind of a service line envisioned. They have an idea envisioned and they know where they want to end up and what they want to make. And, you know, they can see themselves in this big, glorious dream job. But then when they actually look at, okay, how do you get there? Um, they've, they've sort of, it's sort of like this. I guess, I guess the best way to say this is, it's like if you wanted to ski down a mountain and you spent all your time taking skiing lessons mm -hmm. and, you know, you were really excited and then you got up to the top of the mountain and you realized you didn't bring your skis with you. Oh, so you may have a lot of knowledge in, right. in you know, what you should be doing. But if you don't have those things in place that are essential for moving your idea from that thought stage or that beginning business stage to where it's actually an income earning business, you know, you're kind of going to be like that person up in the mountain. You are, you are basically going to have a lot of knowledge, but you still can't ski. Right. Well, and then there's other options. I mean, you know, you, you can find somebody that can help you ski and, you know, all sorts of things like that. And, and I think that's, you know, one thing that people need to keep in mind is just because it didn't work right then doesn't mean it won't work later. That's very true. I have, um, you know, one of the things that I offer uh, on my website, people can go to kathybruner.com, is a free consultation. Uh, last year, I took kind of a, a, just did some research to find out how many people that I actually talked with that consulted me with me for that free consultation were already business owners. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, about 43% of the people that contacted me already oh, had a business in place. So they wanted to make sure they were on the right track. Right. And some, well, and some of them, as I said, had a business, but it just wasn't growing. You know, they right. weren't getting new clients in the door or they weren't able to keep up with the competition. So for them, they had a business on paper. But, mm -hmm. you know, I had a couple of clients that said to me, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go back and get another job. One actually did say, I've gotten a second job. I'm not able to grow mm -hmm. my business and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And sometimes when you're in the thick of that, when you have your own business, you can be so entrenched in the business that you really can't see the forest for the trees. It does right. take someone else to be able to, you know, help you step out and look and say, okay, you know, here's here's where you're spending your time that is not practical. It's not it's mm -hmm. not helping you earn any money. But here's where you're not spending your time, or here's where you're not putting enough um, energy into, and this could really get your business growing. And for a lot of people, you know, what's really really um, I think for them a, kind of a, a obstacle is just technology. Right. Um, you know, people are so anxious about. I I work with a lot of people who are in their early 40s to early 60s, and they're mm -hmm. looking for an opportunity to either have a side income when they retire or just start a business now, leave a job they've had. And for many of them, they're very anxious about the technology. You know, when I tell them they need to, you know, we're going to work to make your website mobile friendly, their eyes, you know, I get big right. eyes like, oh, please, what does friendly? that mean? You know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, or if I suggest to people that, you know, they look at ways to give discounts to people via social media and, and interact with them, uh, you know, some people almost have a meltdown over, oh, how am I going to do this? Um, I've, I've developed a couple strategies for people so they can get more comfortable with social media, but I tell people this is, you know, in some, in many ways, it's the best marketing ever. Right. You don't have to worry about, um, the kinds of monies you had to put into marketing mm-hmm. when you just had a brick and mortar business or, you know, and even just, you know, any type of a business where people only found out about you because they drove by your, your right. place of business. But I do find that a lot of people, um, you know, had businesses that aren't growing because they're really not letting the technology take over and help them be strategic as to how they're going to market their goods. Right. You know, and of course, I come across that all the time because I focus on social media. You know, I will talk to a business owner and I'll say, you know, now what is your social media presence? And I get this, well, Facebook's just for personal use. Mm. Or Twitter. I don't even know what Twitter is, you know, and all these various things. And then you have, you know, the the people on the other extreme. Well, you know, I'm not going to have a website because I have a Facebook page. No, (laughs) don't do that either. And, you know, so it's you you have to embrace that technology in. But, you know, it comes back to what we were saying before in a way that works for you and more importantly, works for the people you're trying to reach. You know, if, if your potential clients aren't on Facebook, then don't spend your time. Right. There. Right. Um, you know, and, and I think that is something that people are still having trouble grasping is they're thinking, well, everybody's on Twitter. Everybody's on Facebook. You know, do I need a LinkedIn profile? And, and what is this Snapchat, Instagram sure. thingy? You know, and, and it's, it's just another marketing tool, folks, you know, stop and think about it because maybe it is, you know, whatever type of business you have, maybe it's better to advertise in your local weekly newspaper, you know, or, you know, have a Facebook page or, you know, all these various things. But that comes back to what you were saying before, Kathy, with you have to plan and you have to really think these things through. I, I what you just said about, you know, you don't really need to know everything about every social media outlet there is you don't uh it but it is true you need to know enough so that you know about which ones are going to help your business Um, right i was working with a client who um just was very frustrated when she first talked with me she was very frustrated because she had a counseling business Mm -hmm. and she said that in the past couple of years uh this was just last spring several new counselors had moved into her neighborhood and in her words, they were taking all the clients. Ah. And I said, well, there must be a lot of clients to take if you feel that they are taking all the right. clients and they're brand mm-hmm. new. And so when I talked with her, I recognized that really she could have had, and, and she eventually did do this. I, I talked with her about using some social media. I said, well, you know, did you ever think about maybe doing a little webinar for parents of children, you know, that uh, have special needs. She worked with families that had children with behavioral problems, and okay. some with educational problems. And I said, you know, they may love to know that they could go somewhere and get a, you know, maybe a half hour free webinar for you with some good advice. And it just gets your name out a little more. She mm-hmm. was extremely anxious about doing that. But I assured mm-hmm. her that once she became accessible to people she really would not have to worry about passing business cards out, you know, right, the right. local chamber of commerce, because people were going to find out about her. And we talked mm-hmm. about the domino effect of social media. And, you know, she started bit by bit by bit. And by the end of summer, she had 
probably increased her clientele by about 20% just in the few months that she actually started to be able to use social media to do some training. And then right, I said, right. well, why not use that social media to also do some paid counseling online? You can reach people who aren't necessarily in the neighborhood that you think you're competition is getting clients right, right. From. you know so one of the things I suggested to her was I said let's do this let's look at what kinds of programs you can develop and put them online and then you can reach out to people who are maybe 20 miles away from you and don't have access to mm-hmm. you know a, a, a counselor like that um, so she's she's starting to put together some packages like that but again I think that you know if you're just thinking about what you do or what product you have especially if you're in that maybe you know a little bit older age range where you didn't grow up with the internet in your fingertips and in your crib mm-hmm. then you're you're probably going to have some anxiety about how that can be used as a great marketing tool on the mm-hmm. other hand i think that that really opens up the potential to earn unlimited income you know right, when, right. You, when you don't really just have to worry about getting your clients from just your own backyard as i said before mhm you know, and and of course the tricky thing is if you've been using social media, in particular, you know, probably Facebook, for personal use, and then you really have to take a step back and, and you know, there's there's no rules. You can use it however you want, all that good stuff. But, you know, if you've been posting, you know, you know we're, we're doing this the, the first part of January, there were lots and lots and lots of political posts, you know, in the last couple of months. Sure. So maybe you were one of those people, you know, that was posting pro, con, you know, for, for whichever candidate. And that was your your space, your place to really say something. Or, you know, maybe it's your sports fan and you were talking about, you know, you liked Alabama versus Auburn. You know, here we are in, in this this land of, you know, the SEC and yeah. ACC, you know, all those various things. You know, you can still do that. But now you you also have the potential that potential clients are going to see those posts. And that's one of the things that I really strongly advise people about is, how to have that professional online presence, especially if you haven't had to, um, you know, and, and, you know, you were the person who was in corporate America. So, you know, you were just using Facebook to keep in touch with your friends and your family. And that was great. And that was fun. But now if you're going to start changing stuff, you might have to think about, you know, are my views going to be something that are, are going to alienate me from people? And and then if you still want to have your views out there, that's perfectly fine. You just have to understand there could be consequences. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really funny when you said that I was thinking about a client I had. <clears throat> she used to post on Facebook a variety of recipes she tried. Um, she eventually decided to, uh, she's in the Midwest and she uh, she opened up, uh, I know we have something very similar here in Atlanta, but she opened up, um, if you will, you know, sort of a upscale soup kitchen <laughs> where uh-huh. she actually serves at, just at lunchtime a variety of homemade soups and sandwiches. Ooh. But um she she transitioned from her Facebook page into her business page uh, with a long blog post called um, "It's Not Just Soup," <laughs> and she talked about how it. you know I'm I'm gonna need to you know move on into a business area, so I will be posting here, but I'm gonna mm-hmm. be selective about who sees my posts here. And if you really you know like and enjoy looking at my recipes, come on over to my business page and mm-hmm. let's talk about what else I have to offer. It was really a clever transition. But uh, again, she said to me, well, I've been putting recipes online for a long time or taking pictures of photos of what I did. And she said, I just need to figure out how to get those people into a business page. And we talked about it. And she, I said, write a blog, blog post. 
Mm-hmm. And it, sure enough, she she got many people that kind of, you know, thought it was a great hoot and mm-hmm. moved over and liked her business page. And it does allow her, as you said, to do something that she loves. And, you know, she can sort of sort out what she does personally versus what she's going mm-hmm. to, you know, be able to say and do on her business page. Right. You know, and, and Facebook is always tinkering with their algorithms as to who sees what and, you know, and, oh, and yeah. all those various things. And I know some people who have gone the other direction. They had business pages that just weren't getting the traction, but they had huge number of, of friends on their personal page. And so they made the decision to kind of do away with the, the professional page and just communicate with people more like you would one-on-one. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, they've they've made sure that, you know, there's nothing controversial. And, and you know, I follow kind of that, that method because you never know who's going to look on my personal page. I have everything wide open. That's not what I tell people to do. But, you know, you, you that's just what works for me. But, you know, if somebody posts something that is off color or not appropriate, they get one. Now, don't do that. And then if they do it again, they're gone. Sure. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, I had a family member the other day, a family member <laughs> who on a post, and I mean, it was, I think it was a post where I was saying I was going to, you know, buy a new computer or something. She went in a direction with her comment that was really not appropriate. And so I said, now, now, and I actually did, I typed now, now let's not go there. And she <laughs> took it further and that was it. You know, I was like, no, you know, you need to understand this is my business sure. people see this, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and that's where it does get tricky because, you know, people say, well, I only use it for personal. That is so limiting because that is like saying that no one, you know, personally is ever going to refer business to you, right. you know, and, and so again, you just have to make the decision. What am I going to post that the entire world could potentially see? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I let people know when I'm posting. I mean, people know how many animals I have. Uh, You know, they may know if I've enjoyed going to, you know, maybe doing some wine tasting with somebody. Um, It's I I try to be transparent in so far as if you met me, I, you know, this is what I would typically be like. Um, Mm -hmm. But there are some things where you just really have to watch what kind of views you say. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to rethink that. I think I would do that even if I didn't have a business. Right. You know, just, you know, kind of a socially acceptable way of saying there are some things we just don't put out there for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there is that thing called TMI. Yeah. <laughs> yep. you know, and, but it does make it a little bit more challenging for someone, especially if they have been in corporate America and they're going to launch their own business. Because you're right, social media is such a great place for them to really make connections with people. So transitioning from that, you know, that that totally personal to, hey, I'm also doing this business type of thing can be a little bit, you know, a a difficult road, but it comes back to what you were saying at the very start. It's just part of the planning process. Big part. Yeah, I agree with that. So, you know, what other tips do you have for really developing a brand strategy on social media? Because it's my passion. You know that. Well, one thing I tell people all the time is find one network where you're willing to spend the time to learn a little bit about the people that are going to become your followers that, you know, you're following them and you're going to interact, find one network, at least where you're comfortable and start there. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's a Facebook, if it's a Twitter, sometimes it's LinkedIn, but participate, um, let people know what you do, but in a way that, you know, you're kind of just really not selling so much yourself as you're just exposing what you're about. Uh, mm-hmm. And then from there, most people do figure out uh, or can put some pieces together in a, 
that can help them create a sort of a social media calendar or, you know, a way to use social media that's practical for developing their brand. As you said, for some people, it is going back to snail mail and sending out a flyer or you know, posting right. things in doctor's offices or whatnot where they, you know, can get referrals. Sometimes it's another thing I tell people is social media doesn't mean that you don't meet face to face with people. Right. So sometimes it's so, not the only place. Folks. Exactly. And sometimes, you know, when you when you're, uh, you know, connect on social media, one thing I really like to see people do is I like to see them look for when maybe someone's coming into town to go to a workshop and, and think about mm -hmm. connecting in person, um, right. because it's wonderful once you make that face to face connection, how you can really feel that bond grow. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're developing a brand strategy, start where you're going to be able to be committed to one channel and right. and consistently show up and then expand appropriately. And, mm -hmm. you know, don't let that face to face become something that you think you don't have to do anymore. Right. And depending on what you do, maybe face to face becomes Skype or, you know, something like that. But but yeah, you know, you shouldn't only have a presence online on social media. Oh, right. Right. I mean, I think that's even questionable sometime as to are you a real person, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, and, and, you know, it's it's funny. We, we kind of laugh about it, you know, and, and a comparison would be, of course, like to a dating site. You actually meet them in person and they're really not absolutely you know, that gorgeous, <laughs> glamorous, handsome, you know, person. Right. But, right. you know, it's and, and the, the cool thing about social media is that it does allow us to have connections around the world. But we still are social people. You know, it's, it's funny. We call it social media, but we're still social people. You know, getting together, seeing people face to face, that is still the best way to truly make great connections. That's very, very true. That is, that is the best way to make those connections. Cool. Well, Kathy, we've only got about five minutes left. So what is the best advice that you can give to someone who is thinking about creating a business around something that they truly love to do? I don't mean this to sound totally self-promotional, but I would say call me. Right. <laughs> buy you get, yes. Yeah. Well, you could buy the book. Yes, that's great. You can buy the book on my website. Uh, you know, definitely uh, call me and, you know, chat. I, you know, when someone offers you something for free, I give a 30-minute consult. I, I would jump at that. And um, I took advantage of everything I could take advantage of when I was starting my businesses. And um, I realized that having somebody who held me accountable, and someone who, um, you know, kind of gave me a plan and put things into place for me was very instrumental in helping me get everything off the ground. And so that is one thing I would suggest is, you know, is at least find someone who is going to be able to hold you accountable and get you started from, you know, where you've been saying someday to where you're finally saying by this date. Um, I would definitely give them that suggestion. I think another piece of advice I would tell people is there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing really to lose. If you if you don't have a business you've started, you can't really lose a business. <laughs> you know, so, it, you know, when you're thinking about moving in the direction of perhaps taking something you love to do and creating a business around it, you know, it, you can't lose what you don't have. So the fear of worrying about what happens if I fail really needs to go out. It's really funny because we live in a society where we never worry about what happens if we succeed. And sometimes too much success can actually work. You know, it can be detrimental as well. 
Um, but you know, we're always so afraid of what will happen if I fail. And I think what people have to remember is that uh, everyday people fail. They make mistakes. They make poor judgments. But um, when you have a plan in place and you have somebody to guide you, you know, you're well on the side of being successful for the long term. So, you know, and continuing to kind of commit to that in the long run should really get a business started and mm-hmm. in, in, in launching really well. Well, and, you know, and, and we have to actually make that leap. And and I think it's a Michael Jordan quote. I might have it wrong, but I think it's Michael Jordan who says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I I think that was actually Wayne Gretzky. Okay. I think it might so, be a hockey yeah, one quote. Of those, one of those sports guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know what? I, I'm not quite actually sure. They may have both said that, actually. we A lot of hockey in our family, but... That is so very true. Keeping keeping in mind one thing, Deb, is that true. You know, you live forever with the regret of not having tried something that you really wanted to do. And you really want to get one shot at life. So to live with that kind of regret is really sad. Um, you know, I tell people all the time that um, I'd rather fail at something I wanted to try and love doing than to be successful at something that I felt kind of mediocre about. Um, So I think that that's important to decide how do you really want to you live the rest of your life and how long do you want to go on saying someday or maybe tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Or or if only I could, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that's the one thing. Well, if only I could, you know, and, and, you know, and, and it is fear. I mean, you know, it is scary, especially if you are the breadwinner or even, you know, the partial breadwinner or all those various and, and people are thinking, oh my gosh, you know, do I have to incorporate? Do I have to do the, you know, and your little brain goes, That's where it does come in handy to really talk to somebody like Kathy. Uh, Well, you know, one thing I tell people all the time is I have never met a successful business owner who said, I'm sorry, I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and everybody, and it's, it's funny, you know, whatever business level is, and we've talked about the fact that maybe it is just something that somebody does as a little part-time thing to bring in some extra money, you know, all the way to, they become this, you know, great as, you know, successful business person you just have to start and and do it you just have to do it that's right Mm -hmm. stop stop talking start doing Mm -hmm. well Kathy tell us how people find you and connect with you online Uh, they can go to my Facebook page which is finding your fire Uh, also the name of my book connect with me on Facebook Uh, I have a website kathybruner.com and on my website, there's a place to sign up for the free consult. Um, I hope they do that because uh, I, it's a wonderful way of people even sometimes just getting one piece of advice to tweak something they have um, right. to help them a little bit. Uh, I, my programs are posted on my website. A lot of people mm-hmm. choose to do individual coaching rather than a program. But sometimes people like the idea that they can do a program in kind of a self-pacing mode. Uh, and you know, most of the things that I coach people with are in those programs as well. So they can find those online. Um, I'm and Twitter at finding your fire. They're welcome to connect with me then. Uh, let me know that you heard me on Deb's program and let's, you know, let's connect and let's see if we can get your business started in 2017. Perfect. You know, and as we said at the very start, we want to find out how to make 2017 the year you move from your day job to your dream job. Absolutely. I've been having a great time talking with Kathy Bruner. I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour hosted by Deb Creer. 
Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.